Hello, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, uh, which, by the way, is much more than a daily report. It really is a knowledge platform, okay, from, from which we communicate uh, thought leadership on various strategic topics uh, through our daily reports, but also these podcasts and webinars and uh hopefully in the future, live events. And along with our chief strategist, Shelley Cohan, also, by the way, a professor at FIT and Syracuse University, we welcome you to our conversation on the topic, Tech Titans Tumble, which right up front, Shelley, um, uh, full disclosure, okay, our, our podcast today will highlight some very thorough research uh, conducted by Coresight and written by its founder and CEO, uh, Deborah Weinswick, who Shelley and I have known for years and whose work uh, we have highly respected as, you know, real forward thinking, thought leadership. And um, the piece that Deborah wrote was called, Are the Wheels Coming Off of Big, Te- off of big Tech? So actually, this piece could not be more prescient and timely as the world in chaos reigns around us with uh, raging inflation, fears of recession. And when Walmart and Target open with first quarter results that were even unexpectedly bad for the CEOs of both. And now tech players that for so long have been killing it in terms of growth. So Coresight uh, caught these alarming uh, data points and Deborah brilliantly put it together. And I actually really had not seen her work and perspectives anywhere else. So anyway, Shelly and I decided to share it with our followers. And um, I'll you know start out with a few big points that uh, the research pointed out. Um, Revenues from Amazon's online stores, um, first-party sales on Amazon.com declined by 1%. Netflix reported a decrease in paid memberships and recently laid off 150 employees. Revenue uh, reported by Meta, which, of course, most of you know now is parent company of Facebook, and second quarter guidance missed analysts expectations. It's a real, it's realty labs segment, which is its metaverse business reported a net loss of nearly $3 billion. Wow. Yeah. And you know, it's just starting and I guess they know they're going to be investing heavily in that. And the company has implemented a hiring freeze uh, to get a hold on expenses. Uber. Well, Uber reported uh, positive EBITDA. Uh, the company is slow, slowing its hiring and has promised to be more aggressive in managing expenses. Apple reported 9% revenue growth, yet declined to give revenue guidance for its June quarter, stating uh, that the combination of COVID-19 constraints and industry-wide chip shortages, which is a big deal, um, would hurt revenues by four to eight billion. 
you know, Apple's um, revenue was $97.3 billion for its March ended quarter. The tech-laden NASDAQ stock index is down nearly 28% year to date. As Deborah said, what in the world is going on with big tech? So, Shelly, let's uh, try to unpack all this, um, what their research found and some of our own research. And so do you want to kick it off with uh, Amazon? Sure. I mean, the company, to some extent, is really a victim of its own success. So why the 1% revenue decline looks anemic at best, then compare that to what's been happening for the past two years, you know, it's been up 40%. So it is understandable that we knew that once consumers started traveling again, once they started getting out more, really coming out of the pandemic, even weather, early weather, you know, coming out, getting warmer, people are out shopping in stores. We also, you know, uh, gave some of the results of, the U.S. Census Bureau sales report, which shows that people are out shopping in stores, especially in apparel uh, and accessory good, goods as well. So, you know, and Amazon really overexpanded in anticipation of this continued higher demand level. So they actually uh, recorded a $2 billion cost impact from lower productivity from being overstaffed. So the company also mentioned having excess capacity in its fulfillment and transportation network. Yeah, you know, also, Shelley, remember, we had a podcast last week. <clears throat> the topic was, um, is Amazon retail slipping into maturity? And I focused on physical retail. Uh, and to make a long story short, um, my opinion is that given their, I call it fiddling around with one test store after another <laughs> and failing enough to have been closed down and actually Whole Foods really going nowhere. Anyway, and also with Andy Jassy as the new CEO, who actually, by the way, launched their now right. incredible AWS business. Amazon Web Services, which, you know, is the cloud, uh, which most certainly that division, that part of Amazon's enterprise is certainly not maturing. And today it's accounting for 70% of Amazon's profits. I uh, opined that perhaps Jassy closed down most of their physical stores uh, to focus on their other businesses. And they are widely diversified, by the way. But they have, in my opinion, no bench strength in the physical retail world. I have uh, <clears throat> written, Shelley, as you know, that if they want to gain traction in the physical store world, they should have acquired their way in. You know, Walmart wanted to get the best brains uh, in, in, in digital, and he bought uh, Jet.com for $3.5 billion dollars. I guess Amazon doesn't understand that today it's faster to buy than to build. So I said, you know, they should have acquired Kohl's and Kroger for that matter, uh, which with their market cap at the time, they could have done it. But anyway, I think their future in physical retail is not going to happen. Don't get me wrong. They will continue to grow digital, but much slower. 
and they're opening in LA their first, um, you know, what's the name, Amazon style store. And it's full of technology. And we'll see how that does. But I, again, in my opinion, I don't think they've got the brain power. <laughs> Hate to be so critical of them. Anyway. Yeah. Well, actually, Ramen, I give you a lot of credit because, you know, you've been writing and talking about all of these issues for the past year. So it should really come as no surprise that there are some slowdowns, um, not just in tech, but in other segments of the business. So, right. you know, let's, let's start with consumer behavior. We all knew that workers would be returning to work, whether it's a hybrid work or some type of work environment, um, and they would be leaving their home. So, Knowing this, you know, we recently had our podcast, Welcome to the New Workplace with Cushman right. Field and Columbus Consulting, which talks a lot about the new hybrid work environment. But it should be obvious to anyone running a digital streaming business that the workers would have less time to stream. They now have a new commute. They have less freedom, quote unquote, to stream throughout the day. And I'm not saying workers were streaming and not working. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying that is that with this elongated workday, people could stream in the morning, they could stream in the afternoon, they could stream at lunch. So it really should be no shock that streaming is going to decline right along with subscription services. Uh, so, wow, I feel like you, Robin, today ranting about this issue. I'm very passionate <laughs> about this. But <laughs> well, I like your ranting too, Shelly. Oh, <laughs> uh, and also critics have claimed that Netflix is really going after quantity over quality in an yep. effort to drive subscriber growth. Um, but this strategy appears to be no longer viable. Of course, I would always argue that deep, loyal connection will far outweigh kind of this mass volume in the long run. Sometimes appealing to the masses or high quantity creates this bottom feeder customer that actually ends up costing businesses more money. So, you know, today's consumer, they want original, high quality content because they see their time as high value. So there's also a lot of streaming services that are in the marketplace. It's probably oversaturated. So in order to kind of get this full season commitment from users, it has to really captivate the viewer. Oh, you're spot on, Shelly. You know, as always, follow the money, quantity over quality. It seems uh, that this is what drives company strategies across the entire economy. And it, it, it's been going on for a long time. And it's, you know, grow more price, you know, discount pricing, um, but they need to get growth. So you take quality out. Um, but I agree. I think as the millennial and Gen Z consumers will over time demand quality over mass volume. Anyway, on to Uber. Uh, although they reported 35% growth in gross bookings, it reported a large net loss due to a decline in the value of its investments in other companies. And its EBITDA margin represented 0.6% of gross bookings. This slim profit margin likely obviously disappointed investors, prompting management to start a cost containment program. Robin, 
Uber has failed to produce a single profitable quarter since it became tra- since it started trading publicly. There you go. I mean, they lost eight and a half billion dollars in 2019. <clears throat> they lost six point eight billion in the year of the pandemic, 2020, and they lost half a billion last year. So, and their gross margin went from 54% in 2020 to 46% in 2021. Yeah, unbelievable. So, and you wrote an article about startups making no money and how that's going to have to stop, that investors are really kind of shifting their perspectives and looking at these young companies to actually make money. Well, Uber is one of those companies. And, you know, other issues that, are facing Uber is the fact that, you know, consumers really didn't respond super well to the surge in pricing. Um, higher gas prices, worker shortages, those resulted in longer waits, canceled trips, higher costs for riders. They face the ongoing issue of these contract workers versus employees. That's going on across different regions for us across different states. And this doesn't even take into account the international expansion which creates even a more complex operating model with government regulations, taxes, available technologies, et cetera. Yeah. You know, Shelly, um, what's going on here with big tech um, simply, simply could be another signal, you know, as a part of raging inflation, which may lead us into a recession. Certainly the idea of the recession is not only a concern for startups, but you know, also for established businesses. Uh, in my article that came out yesterday, you know, the title of it was Walmart and Target, Canaries in the Coal Mine. I love that uh, article. That was great. <laughs> thank you. Um, anyway, I discussed this point in that article. You know, coming out of the pandemic, retailers misjudged where, when, and what consumers would be spending So they pumped up their inventories across the board just to be safe, to have enough goods. Walmart's inventory increased by 32% and Target's shot up 43%. Yeah. The result, too few or too many goods or the wrong goods to meet the demands of consumers, who, by the way, were flush with cash and higher wages. The next result? Inflation. The result after that, rising costs for production, logistics, and distribution of goods, particularly oil, gas, commodities, and groceries. And the final result, Shelley, rising prices and declining sales and profits. We are in a negative feedback loop that if it continues spiraling spiraling downward, I believe will lead to a recession. Um, give Richard Baum credit. He's, he's the manager partner, managing partner of Consumer Growth Partners and a friend of mine, a colleague, um, reminded me that, quote, it's pretty common knowledge that by the time the government officially declares that we are in a recession, the country is usually on its way out of it. <laughs> That's so. right. That's so true. Many companies are still caught up in the whole supply chain issue. They ordered too much for high demand, but as we see demand lessening, the products are backlogged in the supply chain, so they just keep rolling in. 
Um, And we have other instances where we still are dealing with massive supply shortages like chips. You know, Apple CEO Tim Cook, as you alluded to earlier, he won't tell us what's going to happen the second half of the year because he has no idea what's going to happen in terms of chips. Yeah, incredible. And uh, Meta's CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, recently commented that its metaverse business was laying the groundwork for an exciting 2030, (laughs) suggesting that the segment's losses could continue enormously for the next eight years. Um, Yeah, Meta's platforms, Facebook and Instagram, also face huge competition from challengers such as TikTok and Snapchat, uh, which resonate more with younger generations. Absolutely, Robin. Facebook has really lost a lot of population with that younger generation as they move towards this more viral visual content. This whole generation that was captivated by TikTok and Snapchat. Uh, Facebook acquired 3 billion users in 17 years, most of whom are Gen X and older. And TikTok has accumulated in about five years, 1 billion users. But most of those are millennials. Gen Z and alphas. In fact, 63% of TikTok users are under 30. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. I, you know, Zuckerberg is betting on the metaverse, and he alluded that into the statement, Lane yep. Gregor, uh, which is fine. But the problem is, unlike technology that was rolled out by retailers during the pandemic, which in my many years in the industry was very quick, they yep. were very quick to roll technologies out. The metaverse investments will be back to the retailer's old mentality of wait and see approach because they need to understand how do I enter in the metaverse? How do I participate in the metaverse? How can it be profitable in the metaverse? Right. So it's, it's not going to be this overnight success by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, in our podcast, The Incoming Metaverse, You and I talk about some of the challenges that retailers face as they explore this new channel commerce. And out just this week is a fantastic article. NFTs come with IP challenges for retailers and brands from our brilliant Gabby, who uh, right, Right. (laughs) Uh, but she writes from a Gen Z perspective. Yeah, yeah, it's a great article. Um, She's very smart. (laughs) Anyway. So, Shelley, although investors were clearly disappointed with recent results and the near-term outlook for tech companies, uh, these stocks are highly volatile and investor expectations uh, often can become overheated and then they fall back to earth quite rapidly. Uh, Much of the violent reaction is, is, is due to the naive expectation that the prosperity of the past couple of years, when you know consumers surrounded themselves with electronic gadgets and streaming services to stay entertained while staying at home, and retailers had to bolster their e-commerce capabilities in short order, they believe this would continue indefinitely. Although um, there are likely some near-term bumps in the road due to new COVID-19 outbreaks, inflation, uh, geopolitical conflict, these issues usually eventually resolve themselves, right? So, however, our reliance upon technology 
tools and toys, as well as the convenience of shopping online, will likely continue, you know, for decades to come. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I think that kind of we all see that, right? Um, And I think the earnings calls for Q1 should not be any great big surprise. There's been talks of recession and slowing demand, although we haven't really seen it yet in the numbers. Um, The supply chain issues continue. Goods have really, the cost of goods for Q4 of last year and Q1 this year have been heavily impacted. The other um, area that retailers that should be understood about retailers is that they did not behave the same during the pandemic. I mentioned this briefly earlier, but let me explain. So, you know, retailers have always had this kind of wait and see approach with technology. They don't want to be the first ones out. They don't want to, you know, put 100% into it. They kind of want to wait and see what happens. And then (laughs) once one retailer dips the toe in the water, everyone rushes to jump in. That's just, I mean, for my whole life, that's what kind of we've always done. But during the pandemic, Actually, retailers were very quick. They were innovative. They were nimble. They were fast. They rolled it out. And they did all this. They made quick decisions, quick to react. They did all this so that they made sure commerce occurred where and when the customer wanted. So um, I, wrote a, I wrote an article for the Robin Report back in 2012, 10 years ago, that talked about personalization, but it really took the pandemic to put strategy to practice. Yeah, I remember that article. So I'm 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 unsure <laughs> if this side of this retail quick, nimble, innovative that we saw during the pandemic, I, I'm not sure we're going to keep seeing that. Will retailers slip back to their old ways of doing things, slow and measured? It's kind of what's happening with the metaverse right now. Yes, Shelley. Um, uh, retailers in general uh, did respond quickly and well. Uh, during the pandemic. But, you know, that was then, think about this, in in my opinion, with all of the unraveling still going on in the geopolitical world, the war in Ukraine, China's lockdowns, continuing supply chain disruptions, ongoing worries about virus variants, inflation rising faster than wages, a cutback in consumer spending, rising costs for businesses with reduced operating margins and profits, along with other chaotic parts of the global condition that I surely missed. Um, Chairman Powell can be as artful and gentle as he wants. But honestly, Shelley, if we are not already on the edges of a recession, I darkly believe it is inevitable. So retail leaders, to be forewarned is to be strategically forearmed. Sorry to close with that dim view, but there are a lot of other views out there. Well, Robin, that was well stated. So for our listeners, you can find more of our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and therobinreport.com. Of course, you can look for us on YouTube where we broadcast our podcast as well. And please remember to follow us on social media, link in with us, follow us on Twitter for the latest thoughts about the industry. And I want to sincerely thank all of you for joining us again. And um, as always, uh, if any of you have 
topics that you would like Shelly and I to cover, uh, just email me. <clears throat> it is robin at therobinreport.com. Thanks again. <laughs>